when I was young, I didn't know what I wanted in life, but I knew I wanted something in life. So at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is we need peace of mind. And this peace of mind can come from the most simple things. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Today, I have a guest that I actually met on Facebook. And it's so funny because I noticed this lady and I noticed the country where she lives. And this country is called Bhutan. And I did know that it exists, but I had never known anyone from there. And I started following her a little bit and I started looking at what she does. And I liked it because somehow she likes to cook. She is an entrepreneur. She has two children. And um, I felt like we're doing the same things, really, just in a different part of the world. Um, she works in finance. She used to work for a long time for the Central Bank of Bhutan, but now she works for herself. She is an entrepreneur. Eden Dima, welcome to Most Memorable Journeys. Thank you, Elizabeth. And um, let me say thank you in my uh, language, Kadinche, for giving me this opportunity to be as a guest in your podcast on Memorable Journeys. Yes. I'm so happy that you're taking the time to talk to me. So you are from Bhutan, which is a very small country in the Himalayas. Tell me a little bit about it. What do you like about it? Because I don't think that many of our listeners know much about Bhutan. What's it like? Okay, um, so it might sound too good to be true, but um, uh, to answer your question, uh, I would uh, say that I like everything about my country. And uh, the, the reason being that for simple reasons, I would say it is mystical, yet uh, modernized. And not only that, the best part about my country, Bhutan, is that it is peaceful, extremely peaceful. And I think that is what is the most sought after thing, uh, I would say, in this world of chaos and disorder, anything that you see on the TV, you only see things majority of which brings stress. So that is the whole reason I like my country, Bhutan. So to just give a gist on uh, where my country is located, what it is all about. Well, it is uh, on the planet Earth. It's not on Mars. But uh, as said earlier, it is unique, uh, unique in the sense it has beautiful landscape, I would say. If anybody wants to just get away from those very toxic environments, uh, want to clean your lungs, uh, you should you should come to Bhutan. And um, why I'm saying this is it's not only on with regard to the the majestic monuments, the the colorful festivals, uh, those very mystical kind of a. Uh, environment uh, in terms of flora, fauna, uh, all those. But I would also say that we have a very uh, unique uh, development philosophy, which uh, Bhutan is very well known for. That is the pursuing uh, the philosophy of gross national happiness. And not only that, we are 
also the only carbon negative country in the world. So, so those are the few things besides uh, um, the beautiful, like I said earlier, the landscape that we have. Yes. Wow. Now I want to come even more because I know. I have been to many countries because I was a tour guide for many years and I have always traveled a lot in my life. But this is definitely a place where I haven't been and it does sound wonderful. What was it like to grow up? Did you travel when you were a child or when you were young or do people travel as families or is that not something that you do? And if you did, where did you go? So, um as a child, when uh, if I talk about my childhood experience and traveling, um, I have to um, just turn back the clock and go back to the late seventies uh, and the eighties. And at that point of time, Bhutan was sort of in a self isolation mode, and not only that, uh, our infrastructure was not uh, developed. But then, yes, as a child, I I traveled, not frequently like I do now, but it was more of a travel between my school, which was in the south, and and the place where my parents lived. And not only that, during um, winter vacation, my father, who is an avid traveler, he loves traveling. He used to save the whole year to take all of us, me and my four siblings, to the uh, beautiful Indian town of Kalimpong, very next to Darjeeling, just to give us some kind of a getaway from our uh, mundane school life. Yes. So you did travel. I mean, that was uh, probably also maybe a little unusual because not everybody, you know, if you say that your dad had to, you had four siblings and, you you know, he had to save all year round. So it wasn't like something that everybody did. It wasn't in my life either. I didn't get to travel as a child because I had to then start saving my own money. But uh, you studied, then you went to do your master's in Paris. How did you choose Paris? How did that come about? And how did you like Paris? What did you think when you came from, from Bhutan to Paris? Okay, so um, there's a long story, I would say. Uh, but then just to cut the long story short, I didn't choose Paris to study. But I worked hard for it, I would say. So like I said earlier, my father was a simple uh, teacher with a big family to feed on a mega salary. I wanted to go and study out, but but that was not uh, on my plate, I would say. So as a result, um, this challenge of mine, I came to know from a young age that I will not have the opportunity to choose the school that I want to study. So as a result, I worked hard. I worked hard in school, um, in college, also um, after graduation, um, I, I taught the civil service exam here in Bhutan uh, from my um, stream and uh, got a good uh, job in the government. And uh, I think it was in 1996, um, uh, my, my father knew that I, I, I always take challenges. So he just saw this advertisement, uh, which said that uh, there, there is a French government scholarship for Buddhists to study in France. So my dad told me, oh, Eden, why don't you try? 
And uh, I tried, I did an exam, I topped the exam, and that's how I landed myself uh, in France for two years, and uh, which, of course, is one of my most uh, memorable um, you know, journey and place on earth. Yes, thank you. That's fantastic. So you agree with me that hard work pays off? 200%, yes. Yes, because, uh, you know, nobody is ever going to come and knock on your door and ask you. You have to go and get it. And I think that's the one thing that I saw through the Facebook and I understood what kind of a person you are. And I love that. I love people who know what they want and they go and get it. And that is that is what you did. I mean, going to Paris for two years must have been quite an experience for somebody who um, comes from far away, from a small country. You worked for yes. the Central Bank of Bhutan. And I saw when I looked at your, your uh, information that you sent me that you did a course in Switzerland. You know that I am from Switzerland originally, even though I live in wow. Cyprus, which is also a small country, but I was I grew up in Switzerland. What did you think of Switzerland? Because we also have mountains like in Bhutan. Very true. I went to Switzerland uh, to, to do a central banking course in a place called Gazanzi. And like you said, the minute I landed um, in, in that place, actually, um, of course, we had to take a bus. Uh, it was a beautiful place. It, it, it reminded me of my country, of my, of my town. And uh, I could automatically be so comfortable in that place and, uh, and, and settle down and get to, to study the next day. And not only that, uh, one thing that I really liked about the place was it was so calm yet so developed and, um, not only that, I could also get the the I had the privilege to to test the the best cuisine I would say because it was a central bank uh, trading institute, so that is one good experience. And not only that, uh, I also had the opportunity to visit Geneva, Lausanne, and also places, especially uh, a place where they took us to test fondue and. Uh, uh, that is uh, another interesting uh, experience because I love food. So, so yes, all those things makes uh, it a very um, interesting, but uh, I'm to say journey of my life. Yes. I like that. I am from Lucerne. Lucerne, you mentioned oh, wow. you were there. It's yes. the, the town with the wooden bridge. And I think it's one of the most beautiful oh, towns. Yes. I always say jokingly, it's the most beautiful town in the world. I'm glad you liked Switzerland because you're right. You know, it's also small. It is, you know, people are humble. So we do have similarities. I'm not saying that Switzerland is Asian, but um, we do have similarities. I think small countries, people from small, small countries sometimes have to fight a little harder to uh, get where they want to go. Then I also saw that you spent time in Canada and in the USA. Did you like the North American continent? What did you think of Canada and the US? Well, I usually don't prioritize anything over another beat place or people or each place or person or, or anything has its own unique character that I appreciate. I went for a training course in the Toronto Centre. 
in Toronto. And besides the training, well, that is all about banking stuff. But uh, the most interesting part for me was uh, visiting the Niagara Falls because um, um, I was uh, really surprised to, to see the kind of effect uh, that the falls had on people who visited there, especially me. I had never seen such a gigantic, uh, beautiful, um, cascading falls. So, so it was it was such a beautiful memory. And not only that, I was on the on the uh, Canada side, and that point of time, I saw on the other side it's it's the states, and I made up my mind that. I should be at one point of time visiting states. And, and that's how I went uh, ahead again. I would say uh, all thanks to my hard work. Mm, I need to thank myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I got the, the opportunity uh, to study in uh, the Fletcher School. And that's the time I visited uh, Boston. Prior to that, I also had the opportunity to attend uh, a World Bank uh, training course in D.C. So, so as a result, I, I got to see some uh, touristic places uh, in both in D.C. and Boston. That's amazing. And I am very glad that you're saying that, that you have to thank yourself because, you know, I'm saying it again, we actually more or less get what we work for. You know, if we work hard, we can go, to, we, we can get places. But um, you have two children and I'm wondering, what's it like to compare the way you grew up and the way they grow up, it must be very different because, as you say, your country has become much more modern. Do they have dreams? Do they know what they want to do when they grow up? Of course, it's early, but, uh, you know, do they talk about anything like that? What's it like to grow up now? Well, um, quite a difficult question, but uh, I do spend a lot of time with my two uh, children who are teenagers and uh, just to to get their perspective uh, on life because I think uh, no matter how old you are, how young you are, I think we need to have some kind of uh, target in life. So, so that's what I usually do with my kids during breakfast or lunchtime. And um, as far as I see, I think uh, although there's not much of a generation gap, I think we, me, as compared to my children, we grew up in totally two, two different environment, I would say. I think it has got a lot to do with the kind of development that Bhutan has come since the 70s, the 80s to what it is now, thanks to our king, very uh, visionary kings. As a result, we all get to enjoy the benefits of this development and more so my children because uh, because of the fact, uh, just just to cite an example, like when I was a kid, when I was a children, a child, uh, I I never got to fly in a in an airplane. I I never saw anything beyond, like I said earlier, Kalimpong in India. But then my kid, my daughter, my son, uh, they have visited over four to five countries. They have been n number of times on plane. So that basically boils down to the kind of perspective they have towards life. Uh, they are more exposed. Uh, so as a result, I think they, they sure know what they want to do. 
So my daughter, she, yeah, she wants to explore the world. And uh, and my son, well, he wants to become an entrepreneur just like me. That's wonderful. That's wonderful because, you know, they watch, kids watch us. They see what we do, don't they? And uh, if we do a, go- a good job, they see us as role models. Uh, because I was just going to ask you as a next question about traveling with your family. Of course, at the moment, times are difficult because of COVID. But generally, do you travel as a family? Very much, yes. Used to. Yeah, used to. Yes, I know. <laughs> How is the situation at the moment? Are you, you, I was reading a few times that you were in lockdown. Are you still in lockdown? Yes, we are uh, under lockdown, but I think um, sooner or later it's going to be lifted, but I'm not sure about it. All Being right. very positive. Yeah. Let's just all hope for the best. Now, another thing that I have, I've studied your country after I saw you and I got to know you. And um, I've noticed that there are only two airlines flying to. Now, I don't know if I am pronouncing the capital. Is it Thimphu? What's the capital of, of Bhutan? Yes, it's Thimphu. Thimphu. And there are only two airlines flying there. Is that correct? Uh, actually, the airport is uh, located in another district, which is almost an hour's drive from Timpu. It's called Paro. And yes, there are only two airlines operating. There are a number of reasons. The first one, uh, well, I'm not an aviation uh, 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 expert, but uh, from the little that I know, the first one has got to do with the uh, the lack of infrastructure, I would say. Uh, we don't have the facilities uh, to, to allow night flying. Not only that, I think our market is too small uh, so as to um, have many uh, planes flying in, in and out. So, and not only that, um, well, I cannot confirm, but uh, I have uh, seen and read that uh, Paro International Airport um, uh, is one of the scariest airports in the uh, world. So that could also be the reason why. Yeah, so so a number of reasons, yeah. So we need pilots with with experience who know the the, the area and it's in the mountains, isn't it? So, yeah. Yes, yes. Excellent. Tell me, what are your travel dreams once COVID is over? Where will we go? And what is your favorite country? Well, my travel dreams, uh, of course, dreams are one, but um, one needs to be very practical. So like I said earlier, uh, I would actually, me and my family, my two kids, my husband and me, we are waiting for for the COVID, um, I don't know whether it will go or not, but in any, in any way, we, we are just uh, looking forward to our next visit. And um, we would love to visit the Mekong region, um, Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. Um, well, I have visited some of them, but the reason why we want to do it is we all love food and uh, we want to experience uh, different uh, cuisine and not only the cuisine, the culture and also uh, the, I think the the climate, the weather, um, especially during winter uh, is much better compared to Tempo where it's extremely cold. So, yes. And uh, as far as my favorite destination is concerned, it's, it's France uh, because I have, um, like I said earlier, 
um, have very good memories um, of France and not only France, um, many places in and around in the country and even outside like uh, Italy, uh, Monaco. So yes, uh, uh, France, I would say, is my favorite destination. Beautiful. So staying, living, living in Paris had an effect on you. It, it, uh, it, it, you enjoyed it and yes food i i like food and i noticed uh, from your facebook posts you love food and you present it beautifully let's talk a little bit about <laughs> do you only cook local food or because you know there's do you cook foreign food can you get all the products in bhutan to cook foreign food or uh, how how is it do you manage to um, to do what you want or what do you like most as far as the type of food that i cook i try to experience um uh, cooking different kinds of cuisine. And um, yes, as far as ingredients are concerned, uh, because I stay in the capital, so we get whatever we need. Of course, not the, the typical ingredients that one would get in Tokyo to make sushi or or papaya salad, uh, like the ingredients that we get in, in, in Bangkok. But uh, nonetheless, I would say that... Uh, uh, compared to years back, we get almost everything in uh, the capital. But uh, I mostly cook uh, local cuisine. And once in a while, when I get time and the mood has to come, yes, uh, the mood has to come. Uh, I and my son, then we get into the kitchen and we try to um, cook different uh, kind of cuisine. And of course, YouTube is a, a teacher. so. We follow that, the recipe, yes. What would be like a most local dish? What is would be like the national dish of Bhutan? What do people eat on a holiday? For example, on, on, on because we, we want to talk about the new year as well, because today, yeah. that the day that we are recording this interview is Chinese New Year. And I asked you and you said, no, our new year is in March. So what would you eat on Bhutan New Year? for example? Okay, um, it depends, uh, but uh, usually it's it's a lot of um, meat, different types of meat uh, cooked in different uh, ways, like, uh, and of course, rice uh, with a variety of curry. Uh, and we eat the whole day. Uh, we <laughs> eat, we drink. Um, the men, they, they play archery, especially in the villages and of course in the capital as well. And uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's days of uh, merrymaking, eating, dancing, enjoying life. After all, what is life all about? It's, it's I think uh, life is all about being happy with the most simplest things. So I think that's what we uh, try to do during those special occasions. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a very, very important thing that you just said. Life is about being happy. And I think it's it's really very much up to us to create a little bit of happiness because, you know, bad things happen to all of us, but it always depends on how we react to them. Exactly. Now, tell me as a last question, why is the new year in March? Oh. What, which calendar do you have? We call it the Loser. Uh, that's the the uh, the New Year. 
I precisely don't know the the kind of calendar, but um, every year we have our the school of astrology, which basically says which uh-huh. dates uh, for, for the new year. So we we follow that. And uh, this year, just a few minutes back, my my husband and I were discussing, and he was saying, "Oh, our new year is um, approaching." So that means to say, uh, we need to st- uh, start preparing. Uh, for the new year. <laughs> start cooking. Start, start preparing. Yes, cooking and cleaning and yeah. so many stuff that one is to do. Yeah, that's true. Now, do you think that people are different in the world? Because I I, I mean, I listen to you and I listen what you do. And I think we're doing, you know, we, we like to be happy. We like to celebrate. We like to cook food. We like to travel when we can. Um, what do you think do all the people in the world have in common? I think that that is from my perspective, I would say, from my own experience, I think everybody wants to have peace, peace of mind. Yeah. When I say peace of mind, that is being happy. But the problem that I see is that um, people really, I'm not trying to be very specific, but even to my own self, when I was young, I didn't know what I wanted in life, but I knew I wanted something in life. So at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, We need peace of mind. And this peace of mind can come from the most simple things. Just to cite my own example, I initially thought that I would be happy if I get to visit all the countries in the world, taste all the cuisines, meet all the, maybe my my best, my favorite hero, like, you know, this, that. The list was so endless. But then in pursuing these things, just stressed me out stressed me out completely. And now I know that just talking with my dog gives me peace of mind. Just cooking a simple meal and feeding my um, my kids um, gives me peace of mind. And actually being in my, in my room, maybe just listening to music gives me peace of mind. So at the end of the day, I think it is very important to understand what brings you peace of mind. And not trying to say that, well, money is important, but not to the extent that it stresses you out. Not because at the end of the day, I think we know very well, each one of us, we have to leave everything and go how we came into this world. And this is, I think this should be a thought that we should, um, this should recur. We should we should always have this thought at least once in a while to 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 bring us back to where we should belong. That's that's the way I look at life. And since the time I came to acknowledge that um, life has been pretty simple, easy, I would say. Yeah, not much of stress. That is a beautiful end. Like the most important in life is peace of mind. I totally agree with you and appreciating the little things because at the end, we will understand that the little things were the big things. Eden Dima, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much for spending time with me from the faraway country of Bhutan in the Himalayas. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I enjoyed uh, the conversation and I wish you all the best. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. 
You will find all the information in the show notes. <laughs>